Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. My equilibrium. Equilibrium is another word for balance. I've been using that word a lot in the titles. The overarching series title is Life's Balance. I've been throwing balance in most of the titles just to get a reminder, get a note in our head, a thought in our head of balance, balance. I need to seek balance with God. I need to seek balance in my life. It is God's will for me to be balanced. So we know that in boxing, balance is important. I think there was an important match, supposedly, or a big, big match on Saturday. Was it Canelo and Triple G or something? I didn't watch it. I heard about it. Boxers are taught balance. I'm told that back in the day, an old school trick to knock somebody down in the ring was to step on their foot and hit them. Why? Well, the hit may have not been very hard, but if you stepped on their foot and hit them, it was just enough to throw them off balance. So the enemy's plan for your life, see, you got to understand, God has a plan for your life, and the enemy has a plan for your life. The enemy is not an evil God with a capital G. He's a fallen angel, but he still has a plan he would love to fulfill in lives. <clears throat> His demons would love to fulfill a plan in, in your life. And one of their major plans is, as demons and demonic spirits, is to throw you out of balance in your relationships, in your daily habits, in the way you see God and who you hang out with, um, in your mind, in your physical body. The enemy's plan is for you to be out of balance. God's plan is for you to be in balance. That's why he gave us priorities. That's why, let's go to Matthew 6.33. You're just going to see a lot of this verse. You've already seen a lot of it. Matthew 6.33, check this out. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Put God first. And that ties into my first point tonight. My personal equilibrium, see what you get from this, is God first. My personal equilibrium, first point tonight, is God first. God first, that's a big deal. Uh, why, why do we bring that up? Why are they talking about that in the Spanish service? Why does Pastor Fabian talk about that? Why does Pastor Matt talk about that? Why does Pastor Jen talk about that? Why does Barry talk about that when he ministers? Why does Pastor John talk about that when he ministers why what's the big deal well let me let me tell you this you've got to consider god in every single decision you make despite the trial despite the struggle despite what you're going through and you always go back to him talk to him about everything seek him and learn about him more than just breaking down scripture and see i'm a pastor and i love i love the study of god i love the study of god's word i love hebrew and greek and I love looking into scriptures. I love that. I have a love for the theology of it when it points to God. I really do. But the big thing is I need, I need to learn about God's character. And so do you. Who is God? Who is God for me, my creator? Why did he create, create me this way? What are the things God likes? What are the things God dislikes? What are the thing, things he hates? What are the things he loves? Well, I know he loves me, and I need to love God as well. So, I need to put God first in my life, and part of putting Him first is seeking God. You may go through a season, and I've been through seasons like this where I had, let me just tell you this, you can say, man, how is that possible? I've been through seasons where it was hard to read the Word. Some of you have been through those seasons. 
And I've seen seasons like that, but I didn't get out of the word. I just heard the word. I just play it. You know, old, good old Alexander Scorby on CD. I've got that in my truck. Now, I read the word. I love the word. But I've had to listen to the word. And that's King James Version. You can get on your smartphone, you version. You can listen to different versions. It doesn't have to be King James Version. But what I'm saying is God first, no matter what, to the best of your ability. You've heard me say this before. There's going to be seasons in your lives. Maybe you're going through one right now where you say, man, I, I don't even know. It's so hard to hold on to God. Will you just talk to God and have him hold on to you? You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You may not understand it all. Man, I'm telling you, I, this, I've had waves of grief. I went to mom's gravesite Monday. And I don't know if I made the best decision. This is going to come up in another sermon probably in two weeks because <laughs> God's laying something on my heart. But I told my wife, I really feel like I need to go out there by myself so I can act a fool if I have to. Go, go cry real loud, you know. Her gravestone is there. And so I went out there, and there was nobody there yet. I saw a vehicle coming. I thought, they're going to go visit a gravestone. But I just, oh, I just could it, it's, it's such a sense of finality. You get there and you say, it's all done. She's in heaven. I'm not going to see her anymore. I already knew that. It's been four months. I don't know how. We were talking. It's felt like four days. And there's the gravestone. I said, man, wow. But in the midst of that, what do I do? In the midst of that, I don't run from God. I run to God. In the midst of it, I keep going back to God no matter what. If I'm praising God, I run to Him and thank Him. If something great happens, I say, thank you, God. You're first. I love you. Thank you. Life's going good. I'm going to honor you. Things are tough. I'm going through things. I'm grieving. I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. Whatever it is you're facing, you say, I go back to God. I go back to God and put Him first. I go back to God and put Him first. I go back to God regardless of how I feel. I go back to God regardless of what thoughts the enemies put in my mind. I go back to God regardless of how my physical body is reacting to things. I go back to God uh, regardless of sickness or illness or, or whatever it is I'm facing and feeling. I go back to God and so I keep Him first. I keep Him first. And that's my equilibrium. God first. That keeps me balanced put God first. If God's not first, the rest of your priorities will be messed up. I promise. I promise. Somebody say, I believe it. <laughs> Somebody say, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Not just because I said it. God said it in his word. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Nothing else gets added to your life properly if God's not first, okay? We can try to do it in our own strength. It just doesn't work out. So that's my first point tonight. Number two, this is my equilibrium, is forgive. I've had to learn this the hard way. I was taught this. I remember as a kid, I was old enough to reason it out. I was going to church all the time. Remember, you guys have heard my stories. I had a huge drug problem when I was a kid. They're like, what? You did? Yeah, I got drugged to church. No actual substances, no. My only addiction was probably sodas when I could sneak them. Or sugar, but I got drug to church. That was my drug problem. And so in church, I would hear messages all the time of Jesus saying, Forgive, forgive, forgive. And I had a little pride in my heart, I think, because I remember thinking, I got this. I forgive. I'm fine. It's dumb. I remember even thinking, just kind of, kind of proud. You know, you're proud when you say, I can do it on my own. You're proud when you say, I understand completely. You're proud when you say, I can't be taught anymore about this. Or you're proud when you say, that does not relate to me at all. God's word always relates to you. God's word always relates to you. I don't know who that's for tonight, but God's word always relates to my life. It's relevant 
to my life. But I remember thinking, oh, I've got that, I've got that. But into my teens, and some of you have heard this story, I noticed that unforgiveness was affecting my body. I don't know if it was giving me arthritis in my knees, but I had pain in my knees. I don't know what it was. I may never know. But I'll never forget. I love telling this story. I had a person who had hurt me over and over again, and I decided to forgive them. And when I really decided to forgive, I woke up the next morning, and the pain, <clears throat> the pain left my knees, and it never came back. And it was below my kneecap. I kind of have bony knees. And it was below my kneecap, and man, I'd play basketball, and I would like walk like this, because I was always active, I was always playing basketball, I was about, I was like 13, 14 at this time, and I remember I would walk so weird, mom would say, why are you walking so strange? What's going on with you? I said, man, my knees hurt, I played basketball, so I'd jump up and down and play basketball, and my knees would hurt terribly, like I'd bump into them and touch them, and they'd hurt, and I was like, what is wrong with me? And, and I'll never forget, when I forgave, when I truly decided I'm going to forgive and this is it, I'm going to forgive. I may have to forgive them again, but I'm going to be serious about it this time. I want to be deliberate and intentional. I'm going to forgive because it matters. It dawned on my heart. It became a revelation to me personally, and it brought equilibrium and balance to my life in that area. I don't know about y'all, but you ever gone through a season of unforgiveness? Everybody handles it different. You may be hypersensitive. I have a word that I've coined. Okay, I don't know if anybody else has said it. I'm the only person I've heard say it, except for the people I've talked to about it. This is important to me. I want $25 every time someone uses this word. But it's defensive. You're defensive and you're sensitive. And maybe you're that way when you're hurt with someone. I don't know about you, but when I've, I've struggled with seasons of being hurt and, and, and maybe seasons of unforgiveness, I've thought, man, I, I'm irritable. I'm frustrated. I'm sensitive. I'm defensive, right? Defensive. I'm angry. Um, I'm argumentative. Whatever. It affects us differently. Some get weepy. Some get sensitive. They cry a lot. I think I've been through that too. You've got to forgive. There's a reason why he commands us to forgive. Let's go to Colossians 3.13. So important. The rest of my life, that's going to be one of my messages for you, for me, for people around me, for my children someday is, man, forgive, forgive, forgive. Repent and forgive. Two of my life's messages. Repent and forgive. I love this verse. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone. Anyone. Not just some folks. Anyone who offends you. Jesus himself said, in life, offenses will come. He said that. He said, offenses are going to come in life. It's going to happen, okay? He was talking about uh, some different things there. Offenses are going to come. People are going to offend you or you're going to feel offended, sometimes even when someone's not trying to be offensive. But I love this verse, make allowance. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who for offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's, that's one of my life's messages right there. And God spoke that so clearly to my heart one time. Is I forgave you for everything. And you can't forgive them for that one thing or how irritating they are or how they keep offending you. All of our sin is personal to God. That's why we repent of it to Him. It's personal to Him. So you be forgiven, you receive His forgiveness, and you forgive. That is number two tonight. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Number three. My equilibrium is rest. 
Let your goal be eight hours a night. I know that may not be feasible for some people. And then there's some rare souls out there that don't need eight hours a night. And they function 100% and they're fine. It's rare. But I've met people who say, oh, I only need five hours of sleep a night. Great. Good for you. That's awesome. You get the big gold star. I wish I only needed five hours. I think I need at least seven on, on average. I've, sometimes I do pretty well with six. But I need at least seven. The goal is always eight plus if you can. Not that you're lazy. you got to take care of this body, right? you got to take care of this body. How many bodies do you get in life? I never saw the movie, but I remember the previews to a movie in the 90s called Multiplicity. And there was a, I don't know if the guy cloned himself. But you only get one body. There's just one of you. You just get one. Okay? One body, that's it. So you got to take care of this body, and one way to do that is rest. And hey, I know, you're going to go through seasons sometimes where it's hard to get rest. I go to sleep early when possible. you got to take a day off. you got to take vacations. Let's go to Psalm 4.8. Look at this. Psalm 4.8. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. And it must be important. Sleep must be important. It's, it's brought up in the Bible a number of times. I just have a couple of verses here. I, in peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Look at Proverbs 3.24. You can go to bed without fear. Isn't that good news? You will lie down and sleep soundly. Okay? So it must be important to God. It's in Psalms and Proverbs there. You can find it different places in the Word. Sleeping is important. God gave it to you. It's a gift. We spend a lot of our lives, it seems like, sleeping, right? If you did eight hours a day, how many hours is that in a week? 56 hours in a week. That's crazy, huh? So what is that? 224 hours in a month? If there's four weeks? That's a lot of sleep. Uh, what, so multiply that times 12? What's that like? 2,400? 20, tw you, you did it. How far? 2,688 hours per year if you slept eight hours a night. That does not include naps. It does not include you falling asleep on a trip. It doesn't include you falling asleep at work. I'm just kidding. Just seeing if you're still listening, if you are awake, right? Speaking of sleep, we spend a lot of time sleeping. It's important for our bodies. We live on the planet Earth, so we got to sleep. we got to rest. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. Rest keeps me balanced. Once again, Rest, man, if you don't get enough rest, everybody handles it differently, huh? Some people get wired and irritable and crazy and mad, and some people are sensitive and they're crying. They're like, I don't know why I'm crying. I haven't been sleeping. Guys and girls, ladies are like, oh, I understand. No, not just ladies. Men get sensitive too, right? They haven't been resting, so you gotta, you got to find time to rest. Be balanced that way. Number four, this is important. Number four, eat well. What does that mean, eat well? Well, let's talk about it. Eat well means eat enough. Eat enough. That's for skinny folk like me, right? Make sure you're eating enough. Make sure you're getting calories. My wife asked me before the service, did you have some calories? I ate a snack that had 280 calories. So, yes, I did. Had some calories, man. Hold on to my weight. Pretty good here in Jesus' name. You got to eat well. Eat enough. Now, here's the deal. Food, though, cannot become your God with a little G, G-O-D. It cannot become your God. You cannot worship at the idol of food where it's like, man, that's all I do is eat. And it's crazy. 
When you're imbalanced of food, I need to talk to you about this because I've been there. You say, wait, how could it, you've been imbalanced of food? I thought that was just for people that struggled with weight or whatever. No, because both folks, people that are a little chunky and people that are too skinny, they end up creating a false reality about their food intake. I'm serious. I've gone through seasons. Me and my wife are talking. I'm like, I'm eating plenty. I'm eating well. And she's like, baby, what did you eat? You, we, let's talk about it. And I'm like, I, I went through one season where I was writing down everything I ate. And I was like, man, I'm eating that junk or I didn't eat this. I didn't eat much or what's going on with me. It's crazy how that works. You can get imbalanced either way, so don't feel bad. Some of us comfort eat. Some of us, some people stop eating when they're depressed. Some people start eating when they're depressed. Some people forget to eat. And some of you are like, what? That sounds dumb. How do you forget to eat? Some people eat too much, too late, too... Now, how about this? Eat well. There's so many meanings in that. Eat well. Don't rely on fast food all the time. If you guys knew what fast food did to you, oh my gosh, you need to look into that. Fast food is crazy. It's okay to have fast food every once in a while, but don't do it every day, three times a day. Y'all need to look up that documentary. It's old now, but it's probably 10 plus years old. I think it was from 05. The guy, he did a documentary on McDonald's. It's called Supersize Me. You, some of y'all remember it? And his challenge was, I'm going to eat at McDonald's three times a day for 30 days. He almost killed himself. His girlfriend was a nutritionist. They were getting in fights. He was losing his temper. His kidneys started acting up. I don't remember all the details. Different organs were shutting down because he was eating at McDonald's three times a day. And I don't remember the other rules he set up for himself. He did it to make a documentary, filming himself. He gained 30-something pounds. He felt sick. And he had to, like, I don't remember what happened with him and his girlfriend. He was just in a rage. He was upset. He felt bad. I remember McDonald's was all upset after that documentary came out. It even affected their menu. I believe, if, I re if my memory serves me correctly, they added some healthier choices, you know. Crazy, crazy. Hey, man, I like Wiener Schnitzel. I do. I like chili dogs. But look up what a weenie dog is made out of. Look it up. Look it up, kids. I'm serious. It is crazy. Once in a while, I'll just get one and ask forgiveness after I pray for it. Say, God, help me. Turn this into something amazing, right? Turn this into muscle-building protein, something. It's like pig waste, man, basically. Different pig body parts in the weenie dog. But it's sure good. And sodas? Man, you can dissolve chicken bones in Coca-Cola. You can degrease your driveway. Did you know you can get stains out of your toilet with Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper, and stuff? Imagine that in your body. And I, hey, I love sodas. Let's be real. I don't remember the last time I had a Coca-Cola or a, I don't remember. It's been weeks, but I do it rarely now because it affects me. I've got to be careful. So eat well. Balance it out. All right. Balance it out. Notice ingredients. Less fried stuff. Less sweets and sodas, man. It affects our moods, our relationships. It affects your body. You've only been given one body. Okay. So eat well. Eat enough. Eat healthily. Talk to somebody who knows. If not, get a book. Research it. Remember now, if we're ignorant about stuff now, at this point in history, it's because we just didn't care enough to find out because it's out there. And you say, I don't know. I don't even know how to use the Internet. Yeah, but you know somebody who knows how to use the Internet. You can find a book on anything. they got a book on everything. Okay? 
You can research it on the internet if you're handy with that. Man, I was going to say you can ask people on Facebook, but you may get some really stupid answers. <laughs> hey, y'all, what do I do to, you know, you may hear some really dumb stuff. <laughs> I've seen people asking for advice on Facebook, and sometimes it's crazy. Facebook is good in many ways, but in many ways it's crazy, okay? So let's go to Exodus 23, 25. Check this out. So you shall, so you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. That's a very basic statement. I know some people are going, man, so he'll bless my soda and chili cheese dog. Hey, man, to a point probably, but you can't be out of balance. You can't be out of balance there. He's just talking about basic, simple food there, bread and water, your food, all right? So be thinking about that. you got to eat well. You want to live long. You, you want to live long. God has placed you on this earth to accomplish some things, and you don't want to shortchange yourself or others around you that are depending on you. And... Uh, they're wanting you to live long. you got people that love you and that are connected to you. Remember, nobody's an island. That's a saying, but it's funny. Islands are even affected by what we put in the ocean. They are. Islands are affected by the ocean tides and current and things that are in the ocean, and, and it's all connected. So really, I mean, we all affect each other. We all affect things around us. So make sure you eat well. Number five tonight, real basic. This is my, my equilibrium, is exercise. You can do it at home. You can do it at the gym. You can go for walks. You can use weights. You can use body weight. I mean, you could, you've got to be active somehow. You say, man, I don't know how to stay active. Look into getting a Fitbit. They've, they've gone down in price now. There's other really cool smart watches out there and all this stuff. You can get a real basic Fitbit that keeps track of your steps and how much you're walking around every day and if you're standing up every hour, stuff like that. It's important. you got to stay active, okay? got to stay active. And I, it's crazy because you could look at someone and go, no, they're skinny. They don't have to be active. No, they're skinny folks. There's been skinny folks that had heart attacks because they didn't eat right, okay? It ain't just about weight. So let's move beyond that. Let's just stay active. Let's eat right. That's so very important. And I know people that know their Bibles, They'll say, but Scripture says in the New Testament, physical exercise profits, very, profits little. Yeah, but look at the verse. Look at the verse in that context, and it doesn't mean physical ex exercise profits nothing. It profits little. Why? Well, why would, why would the writer have said that? Well, it, it can benefit your mind, and it can benefit your body, your emotions, but how many of you know your spiritual is much more important than that? And I believe that's what he meant. But it is important. It is important. It's very, very, very important. Very important to exercise. Somehow. Whatever that looks like. Some people say, man, I, j I go to work. I went to work. I worked. Well, you know, depends on your work, I guess. But you got to stay active, all right? Um, weight resistance, very good. I believe that's, that's very healthy for your joints as we get older. Because no matter what, we got one thing in common in this room right now. From us all the way to little baby girl, she's the youngest one in the house, we're all aging. We're all aging. By the end of the service, we're going to be an hour older. Okay? So we're all aging. Sorry, I know, Sister Rose. You're young, though. Praise God. You are young. So the points are, once again, my equilibrium this is me personally. You glean what you can from this tonight. The first one, it, I believe... I believe it's for everybody. I really believe all five are for everybody. God first. Second one is forgive. Third one is rest. 
Fourth one is eat well. And number five is exercise. Exercise, all right? So let's bow our heads and pray tonight. Is there anybody in the house who says, Pastor, Pastor Matt, I need to accept Jesus. I've never accepted the Lord.